Episode number 138 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast on CLNS Radio. Today I bring on my good friend Tom Little as we discuss the Patriots' first game of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. Football season is finally here, guys. We also bring on Kevin Duffy of MassLive.com as he will give us a couple more news and notes for the Patriots matchup this weekend. Hope to have a good show. Hope you enjoy it. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein. And finally, guys, we have, we have a little news for you. We are now sponsored by FanDuel, so please head over to FanDuel. You can find our listeners league. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Patriots. That's FanDuel.com slash Patriots. You get to play against the CLNS Radio Patriots Beat guys and the postgame show crew every single week. So sign up for free today and, you know, see if you guys can kick our butts a little bit. But uh, speaking of kicking butts, the ultimate butt kicker is here today. Tom Little, good good buddy of mine, friend of CLNS Radio. He's uh, here today to help us sort through this... I guess I, I guess the word is hilarious matchup we have for this weekend, Tom. What do you think? I mean, you throw a guy who's thrown what, like forty passes in his NFL career, into a game against the Super Bowl favorites preseason, and I mean, it's gonna be exactly what the Patriots fans aren't asking for, which is it's gonna be a blowout. I'm not gonna lie. We'll we'll get into score predictions and stat predictions uh, a little bit later. Along with all, we're also bringing on Kevin Duffy of uh, MassLive.com to the Patriots writer, so he's gonna give us a little bit more info from what he's seen this week in practice, as well as his predictions for the game. But first things first, we finally have our 53-man roster. Came out really well. Um, couple surprise cuts, if you ask me. Then we had. We'll, we'll also get into the whole disaster trek that was the Eric Rowe trade which was just which was easily just the, one of the weirdest things this is the second time this has happened to the Patri- to a Patriots offensive lineman this year so we'll go over that as well but now to get back to the 53 man roster a uh, couple surprise cuts on my end uh I mean the Kaimu Gregor Hill guy I I had him pegged as a lock I thought he had shown a lot of flashes in preseason at the safety and kind of linebacker flex position the Patrick Chung position as we now have come to call it but he gets cut a little bit surprising there um Jonathan Jones uh makes the team over Cravon LeBlanc who I thought had played better than Jonathan Jones but like Bill Belichick said in his press conference Jonathan Jones is way better on special teams so that's probably why they kept him I mean Bill Belichick's always been a guy looking for the special teams guy. If you can add something on special teams, then he's going to keep you. That's why Nate Ebner's stayed on the team so mm-hmm. long. That's why Matthew Slater has stayed on the team so long and become a captain, made Brandon Pro Bowls. Too. Exactly. So, I mean, that wasn't too much of a surprise <laughs> in, my opinion, in my opinion. I do think LeBlanc was better at cornerback, but... The special teams aspect really brings Jonathan Jones onto the roster. Now, one of the another surprise. Uh, so, one of the, well, the couple of the surprise fringe guys who we didn't know if they were going to make it or not. One of them was AJ Derby. Another of them was DJ Foster. Anthony Johnson was another, and I thought Jordan Richards was on the uh, 
on the the downside of the roster as well, and also Landon Roberts. But one of the weird thing is, all of them made it there. So the Patriots decided to keep four tight ends: Gronkowski, Bennett, Clay Harbor, and AJ Derby. They cut basically the entire bottom half of their wide receiver depth chart. Keyshawn Martin is gone. Aaron Dobson is now gone. So the only receivers they have on the team right now are Amendola, Chris Hogan, Edelman. And Malcolm Mitchell. Matt Slater is not a wide receiver. He is a special teams captain. So basically, AJ Derby is an out is a wide receiver. So I mean, I I, I understand keeping AJ Derby. I don't understand keeping Clay Harbor also because I I mean I, I think Belichick likes uh, Harbor's versatility. You can play him at H back. You can play him at tight end. You can play him at wide receiver. You can have a block. Do whatever. But like. Like he's not he's not that good is the only problem. I mean, aside from just streaking down the middle of the field, you don't really have that much of a deep threat because Amendola and Edelman have both shown that they're better in the slot. Chris Hogan is more of a slot guy too. Like people have been saying for so long, the Pats need a deep threat. They have a deep threat. His name's Rob Gronkowski. Well, yeah, I mean, but you don't have anyone to go on the outside and really contain those cornerbacks. So they can play That's fair. zone defenses against them, and sometimes, well, with Garoppolo, and probably be successful at times. I think that's what we're going to see a lot out of Chris Hogan this year. You know, he's the he is the biggest wide receiver on the depth chart, coming in at like six one or probably six two in cleats. So he'll be that outside guy that they're looking for to make some plays down the field. I mean, we Amendola has been back in practice this week, but. I mean, you, you never know with him. I mean, that's what you lose when you cut Keyshawn Martin, though. He could go on the outside. He had the speed. He could come in and fill in on special teams if he needed to. So, I mean, that was sort of a surprising cut, keeping a fourth tight end as opposed to keeping Keyshawn Martin, who mm-hmm. could do so many things. But, I mean, it's worked out. Belichick's made these type cuts in the past, and it's worked out for him. So mm-hmm. we'll, we're just going to have to see. So on defense to finish up the 53 before we really get into the uh, the game preview, Anthony Johnson ends up making the team. No Terrence Knighton, no Marcus Kuhn. Woodrow Hamilton makes his way to the practice squad. But Anthony Johnson's a guy who really came on this year. I mean, he was a big-time prospect at LSU. I remember watching him in college. He was pretty sick. But it's nice to see uh, them really make an attempt at finding an interior lineman who can rush the passer because the guys they have now, Alan Branch, Malcolm Brown, and Vincent Valentin, are not what I would call interior pass rushers. I mean, Dominic Easley had that role last year, but with him, random lo- his, his random locker room problems, and he couldn't stay healthy. So Anthony Johnson kind of replaces him. It's interesting how the Patriots will always draft guys high, but end up finding undrafted free agents who are just straight up better. I, I, I don't get it. The, their undrafted free agent uh, track record over the past couple of years has been unbelievable. It really has. So you have Anthony Johnson who makes the team. Uh, Landon Roberts making the team was a surprising one. I mean, he, he was a tackling machine in college. I want to say he almost, I think he led the FBS in tackles his last year at Houston. But, I mean, he, he's just a very aggressive tackler, also good on special teams. I think Greiger Hill's biggest negative was I don't think he contributed well on special teams, but I don't put me down for that. He made a nice play in a couple preseason games, but I don't know how he looked in practice. But the guy who I really want to talk about before we get into the secondary, Barkevious Mingo. Again, I mentioned this on the podcast last week, how much I love that trade. But like, it's so good. He's he's gonna be so good on this team, just because he's a perfect fit for what they like to do with their uh, versatile linebackers. He can blitz the pass, he can drop up into coverage, he can play the run, he can play the pass. I mean, 
at some point, you just have to look at the Cleveland Browns now that they cut Paul exactly. Kruger, Jabal Sheard is gone, Mingo's gone, the, the, both of them are on the Patriots now. It's like, you just kind of have to look at the Browns and just assume that they're using their players wrong. Like, I, I just assume any player they're using is just being used incorrectly. Do you remember the year that they went 4-12 and and had, like, seven Pro Bowlers? Yeah. Because I remember that. I remember that. They were 100% using their players Yo, wrong. Yo, they cut Carlos Dansby for, like, no reason. I used to have so much, like, hope for their defense. They were going to have a great defense. Then they had one solid they year ruined as Joe defense. Hayden. And then, all of a sudden... Their defense is trash again, and now all of the players, the Patriots are like, hey, I." Bill Belichick's like, hey, I used to coach the Browns. Why don't I take these players? Take all these players. It's also the Michael Lombardi. Even though Michael Lombardi's not even in front of the front office, you can tell that he kind of pointed Belichick towards the Browns. We're like, hey, they don't know how to use their players. Take them. So it's like... I don't know. I mean, they ruin. How do you ruin? They ruin Joe Hayden. A- anyone who tries to convince me otherwise that Joe Hayden just got bad is wrong. J- Joe Hayden was like one of the f- three or four best corners in the league for like four years, and just poof, gone. Yeah, Joe Hayden. He was. I blame the Browns. He was definitely a top five corner for a while. He was there, so good, and all of a sudden he's just fallen off because the Browns are irrelevant. So of course he's irrelevant. He so even the- if he was. Going to be up and coming. No one would know. He was the only one who could cover Antonio Brown for like two years. And then he just couldn't cover anyone. I blame the Browns. Anyway, so moving on to the secondary, which is why I want to... I want to go through this Eric Rose situation before we get into the Cardinals game. Because this was cray. This this was nuts. This made no sense. So I'm I'm hanging out in my new apartment in the North End. Very fun. uh, Love living there. And I get an alert on my phone that says... The Patriots trade Josh Klein and a fourth-round pick, right? Fourth-round pick for Eric Rowe. And my first reaction is, oh, Eric Rowe, second-round pick out of Utah. He, he was okay last year, decent corner, good size. Josh Klein probably wasn't going to make the roster. Fourth-round pick and a guy you were going to release anyway? Okay, good pick. They needed they needed size at corner. So, go about my day, this, this, and that. Next day comes around, I get a load on my phone. Josh Klein's not included in the trade. There's there's no trade on the transaction wire. Why is there no trade on the transaction wire? So I go to Twitter. I have Mike Reese telling me uh, Josh Klein has is in no part included into this deal. It is just the fourth round pick in Eric Rowe. So instead of being happy that the Pats just made a nice trade, got a second round pick last year for a fourth round pick this year, my first thing thing my first instinct, excuse me, is. Crap, here we go again, because we just did this two weeks ago with Brian Stork. Literally two weeks ago with the Redskins, with Brian Stork. I do- How do you do this twice? How do you trade someone, and then they just end up on back on your team anyway? I guess it's just that the team they were trading with didn't want them. Like it's not even they didn't want him. They like Apparently they like, failed their medicals, but like I don't understand. If you're an NFL team... You should know that Brian Stork has concussion problems, and you should know that Josh Klein just had shoulder surgery like a month ago. And they just ignore all of these very apparent facts. They're like, yeah, I want to trade for that guy. This is be a great move for my team. Like, nothing. I don't get it. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's a problem of people agreeing to things without having all of the facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a problem anywhere you look. And in the NFL, it's no different. Mm-hmm. 
So, speaking of Eric Rowe, the Pats just finished a practice day, recording this on Thursday before the game on Sunday night. So, Doug Kite has tweeted out that Eric Rowe says he's been practicing practicing exclusively at cornerback, but believes he could eventually fill multiple holes. Eric Rowe says he's excited to join a dynasty franchise like the Patriots. So, just to go through Eric Rowe's versatility here. I mean, he's a big guy. He's like 6'1", 6'2", um, weighted guy. Oh, decent ball skills, not great. Very much a... I believe very much a kind of like a Byron Jones kind of player that the uh, that the Cowboys drafted last year. Just a big-bodied kind of guy who he's not going to cover a Rob Gronkowski very well, but he could cover a Delaney Walker kind of well. He could cover, you know, what's a smaller, more of move tight end around the NFL. A, a Zach Miller on the Chicago Bears kind of guy. A, um, a Charles Clay on the Buffalo Bills kind of guy. So someone that's not like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. who's going to dominate you physically, but he does bring something to the table that the Patriots secondary doesn't have. And I was complaining about this all training camp, is that if you look at their cornerbacks, I mean, Malcolm Butler is like 5'10", Logan Ryan is like 5'11", 6 foot. Cyrus Jones is 5'10", Justin Coleman is 5'10". So they had no size, so now they have these guys at the back two of the secondary with Jonathan Jones and Eric Rowe, who both big corners. And my biggest complaint last year is that they they got wrecked by the Jets twice. Uh, they, almost, they almost lost them twice because they couldn't cover the receivers of Marshall and Decker. So it's nice to see them actually understanding their division and seeing, oh, we have Devontae Parker, Marshall, Eric Decker, Sammy Watkins. Like We need some people who can, who can play this position physically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, they were probably the best receiving duo in the league last year. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, with Ryan Fitzpatrick having a career year, that shocked me. I was surprised the Jets didn't make the playoffs, actually. But, I mean, the Patriots needed size in the cornerback position. Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler both had solid seasons last year. Um, And Justin Coleman showed flashes at times of being a good um, third cornerback. But they really lacked the size, and this is going to help them, adding Eric Rowe. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a good move for what they're looking for. They've seemed to they the Pats always do this. They always make a couple of trades to the end of training camp that you never really like recognize, but it always ends up working out okay. So I think Eric Rowe will be okay. What's going to be interesting is who are the bottom two people on the roster when Week Four comes around and you get Ninkovich and Brady back because you know you're not going to cut Eric Rowe. You you know what? This is probably their Jonathan Jones backup. Because uh, Jones, I think the last two guys on the roster right now are probably A.J. Derby and Jonathan Jones. Those are probably 52-53. So those are the two that probably go away, which is why they bring in Eric Rowe. But we'll see, because if Jonathan Jones is better, they might just cut Eric Rowe. But second-round pick last year, played well last year, I think that would be kind of a surprise. But anyway, let's take a quick commercial break before we get into our Patriots versus Cardinals discussion. So we'll be back in like a minute or so. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, 
Twitter polls for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots post-game show on iTunes and Stitcher, and the best way, download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Let's move on to the most important topic at hand, and that is the game that's coming up on Sunday. Tom, it's back. I'm excited. I mean, I can't wait for tonight's game, the uh, rematch of the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's going to be exciting, but also returning with football is actually fantasy football, which also means that FanDuel is back. FanDuel packs a full season of excitement into just one week because every week you pick a new team, any players you want. Just please stay under the salary cap. That's right. Never worry about losing your quarterback to injury or missing out on your favorite players. Plus, this year FanDuel has upgraded your your entire experience because they think you deserve to enjoy everything sports has to offer. Like beginner contests created for new players only to help you learn the ropes or try a 50-50 contest contest where the top half win cash prizes. You can settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest or try out FanDuel's new friend mode where you play against your buddies with a brand new lineup every week. Tom, we should we should give this a shot. There is a contest for every friend and every budget starting at just $1. So what are you waiting for? Have all the fan- have have all that fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use my code PATRIOTS. Deposit today and you'll get five free entries to NFL Beginner Contest. You'll get one free entry a week, five weeks in a row. They're 50-50 contests where the top half of players get 50 cash prizes. Don't forget to use my code PATRIOTS for five free entries. Void where prohibited. And please go to CLNS, uh, excuse me, go to FanDuel.com slash PATRIOTS and you can play against me. I'm not very good, I but... Come, come play with us. We're fun. We're, we're we're fun to hang out with. We can you can beat our butts and take our money. It's okay. Tom, you should you should play with us. Well, a lot of fun. No, fine. Take that. Thanks. I Tom. might. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of football being back, thank you again to FanDuel for um, throwing a little sponsorship at us. We really appreciate it. We're gonna we hope to have a great relationship with them in the future. But this game on Sunday. Every I've had a lot of people because now we're back at school. Um, Tom and I are both now seniors at Emerson College. You know, it's kind of weird. I don't know anyone here anymore, <laughs> but the people I do know have been coming up and asking me for this past week or so, "What do I think of this game?" <laughs> and first thing I tell them is to go listen to this podcast because this is where my official predictions are going to be. But I also keep saying mostly the same thing. Unfortunately, Patriots fans, <laughs> they're, they're going to lose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. But they're gonna lose. They'll be lucky if it's within twenty. Exactly. I like. I believe in this football team. I believe in this defense. I believe in this offense. I think this offensive line is gonna be able to get it together by the middle of the season and really make a late run. But I'm sorry, Patriots fans. Jimmy Garoppolo, in his first NFL start, is not gonna go into Arizona and take down Tyron Matthew and Patrick Peterson and Daryl Washington and Chandler Jones and Robert Kemdiche. I'm sorry, do I do I need to keep going? Like, they still have, like, four or five incredible players on this defense. Point, Dion Buchanan. Like, point of this is, guys. Calais Campbell, did you mention Calais Campbell, oh, I forgot about him. Sorry, he's, like, the best player in that defense <laughs> anyway. It's just like, they, unfortunately, if Brady was in this game, this would be one of the best football games all season. Absolutely. And we should all... Be very, very angry at Roger Goodell for 
not allowing us as football fans, not even as Patriots fans, as football fans for not allowing us to see this matchup until maybe February. So he, that's not very nice. He's Roger, no. robbing us, and this is going to put Th- ratings nice. for this game down the toilet. It, it, not very nice. Okay, I would love to have seen Tom Brady against his defense, but fine. No Tom Brady, just Jimmy Garoppolo. So let's just go through this game because let's start with the Pats offense versus the Cardinals defense. So... The one thing, the one area that I do think the Patriots have a lot of advantage in, uh, in this case, is size, which is something that you don't usually say about the Patriots' offense against a defense. But if you look at the, um, when I mean size, I don't just mean that they're bigger. I say that they have good size matchups. We mean that Patrick Peterson is like six one, six two. Yeah. So what you're going to want to do is put someone like Julian Edelman against him or Danny Amendola, a shorter, quicker receiver, to get the slant round to get him uh, against him. But the the unfortunate X factor in all this is that they still have Tyron Matthew and nobody knows how to beat him yet. But he's never. But the thing is that he's never gone up against Rob Gronkowski. That's the difference in all this, and I think that's going to be the entire difference of this game. If Rob Gronkowski goes off, they might actually have a chance to yeah. win this game. I love watching Tyron Matthew play. He is one of my favorite players in the league to watch. I mean, the Honey Badger will make this game interesting. Whether he makes it. Uh, a blowout for the Cardinals, or if it is a close game and Rob Gronkowski is smoking him all over the place, I absolutely think that Tyron Matthew is the player to watch in this game. I, it's just it, it's also tough to point out just because uh, with the rest of that defense, because I'm not really sure. I don't. What's their linebacking core look like? Because I, I've been under the impression that the Arizona Cardinals linebacking core has been really, really good. But I had someone come up to me the other day and tell me that their their linebacking core is like really, really weak. So let me let me check out what their depth chart looks like because if there's, excuse me um, if there's one thing that the Patriots are really good at doing it's attacking the middle of the field they they rarely go to the outsides and try to attack you on the um, on the edges they like to cut inside and do their whole thing so their inside linebackers are like Kevin Minter Gabe Martin Alani Fua they do have Dion Buchanan but he's though. more of a safety that's true. But their their safeties are unbelievable. I mean, they're also playing Chandler Jones at the uh, strong side linebacker. Well, they, that's because they run a three four. Well, yeah, they run a three four with him probably playing um, the the uh, what do I call it the uh, the Terrell Suggs position. Yeah, exactly. But their safeties are unbelievable. Dion Buchanan, Tyron Matthew, Tony Jefferson, Tyvon Branch, DJ Swearinger, and then they have another guy named Marky Christian who I don't know. But still, no, that that that's an unbelievable safety core. But I think that there is a hole here. I do see the hole that people are talking about in the middle of the field because Kevin Minter isn't really that good. He's very slow. I don't know who Alani Fua is. Gabe Martin, the only Gabe Martin I know is an offensive lineman. So <laughs> I don't know who this person is. So unfortunately, it seems as if one of the Cardinals' biggest weaknesses is one of the Patriots' biggest strengths. So if they can attack the middle of the field and actually do some damage with Bennett and Gronk, they might be able to move the ball well. But again... This all comes down to one thing. Will Jimmy Garoppolo be able to throw the ball against his defense? And my answer right now is no. Also, you have to think, will he be smart enough or have the... um, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of it. um, Just ability to scramble and take advantage of that weak linebacking core if he needs to, if like Chandler Jones is coming at him, will he be able to run? Because he does have more mobility than Tom Brady. That is the only thing you gain by putting Jimmy Garoppolo in instead of Tom Brady. But 
is that enough? Will he have the presence of mind to be able to scramble if he needs to? My one worry with that is that, you know, they have so many players on this defense that are so good at kind of going off script. Like Tyron Matthews, one of those players. Deion Buchanan's one of those players. Patrick Peterson is another one of those guys who's just so good at like adjusting to random situations and attacking the ball when those situations get a little bit hairy. One of their biggest qualities last year, I forget, I forget what the stat was called. I think it was called like sack efficiency or something, but the Cardinals were like top three in it. That like if they actually got to you, you were sacked. That's what sack efficiency is. But I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see. But overall, I definitely have to get Patriots offense versus Cardinals defense. You know, advantage Cardinals defense. I think that, I think that's very 100%. easy to say. So the other side of the coin. So for, uh, by the way, special teams I'm giving to the Patriots every single week. Just know that the Patriots are going into every single game with most likely a better special teams core than the team on the other side. They probably don't have as good of a kicker. They probably don't have as good of a long snapper. They probably don't have three special teamers who could all be pro bowlers any given year. They probably don't. Sorry. So special teams goes to the Patriots as it does every single week. But the Patriots defense versus the Cardinals offense is a really, really interesting case study because... You know, so the Arizona Cardinals last year, one of their biggest weaknesses was the fact that they didn't have a good offensive line. Their offensive line was frankly crap. So this year, they go out, they get AQ Shipley to play center, Evan Mathis to play right guard, and DJ Humphreys to play right tackle, replacing like Bobby Massey, a bunch of nobodies, and a bunch of nobodies. So, you know, they add those three new offensive linemen. David Johnson is now their go-to guy at running back. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald really settled into the slot really well. Michael Floyd is their ex. Uh, John Brown is their slot deep receiver. He's such a unique receiver. I love John Brown. And then Jerron Brown is just you know their number four, who's really good. Also, you don't the one thing you don't like to worry about with his offense is the tight end position. Their tight ends being Darren Fells and Jermaine Gresham, who like, I mean, no. Uh, I mean, like, Jermaine Gresham, it, back when he was in Cincinnati, he had some moments, he had some flashes. However, I don't know at this point in his career if he has the ability to beat a Donta Hightower or Jamie Collins in coverage. Jermaine Gresham, to me, is literally the football definition of the shrug emoji. Just, eh? Jermaine Gresham? Eh? <laughs> it's just a big shrug. But the this Patriots defense, though, is very much primed to beat this kind of team. One big guy on the outside, good slot receivers, and small other receivers. That's exactly the kind of corners that the Patriots have to stop. They might have brought in Eric Rose specifically to face (laughs) Michael Floyd. They might have looked at their roster and was like, crap, we have no one to cover Michael Floyd. All right, let's trade for someone. (laughs) I honestly think that Michael Floyd is the X factor in this game because he is that big receiver that can go up and catch the ball Mm -hmm. that the Patriots cornerbacks have struggled with in the past. And like Larry Fitzgerald, you you can't really stop him. You can only hope to slow him down. He, you know, future Hall of Famer. He <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I saw on Twitter that Larry Fitzgerald was almost traded to the Patriots <laughs> over the past 5 years. So it's interesting that they finally get to play against him. But I think Larry Fitzgerald is, you know, is going to have another great season. Absolute legend, one of the nicest guys in the NFL too. So you know, you have Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald, very much a a very good combo wide receiver set uh, that they play off each other's skills very well. John Brown, as usual, is a guy you just you don't forget about him. 
Don't forget about him because by the time you do, Sean, he's 90 no. yards down the field. You know that uh, commercial that they used to show with him dancing in the end zone? Yeah. He'll do that 10 times yeah, again he's if you forget about him. He does all the crazy <laughs> arm things and all the crazy stuff. Now, he's he's a great receiver. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Palmer, obviously, you know. Pa- all right. Hold on. People were getting really into this this whole stupid thing this week. You know, Carson Palmer had some words about this whole um, deflate gate thing. He didn't say anything. <laughs> he just he just kind of like you know you know when you when you're trying to like bullcrap someone so you just you you just you balance so far around the line you just say oh well this could have been this and this is the basically everything Donald Trump has ever said he just constantly repeats over himself yeah. into just an infinite nothing. That's what he said. He said it was a complete nothing, and everyone's like, "Oh, Carson Palmer is disgracing." T-. No, they asked him to comment on Deflake it. He was like, "I mean, it says kind of somewhere in the rules that there's something about it, but you know, I respect Tom Brady, and I don't really care. And this, that, where I have a game on Sunday, this is going to be fun. Hey, look at all that! Like, it's a bunch of nothing." And everyone, and I see on Twitter for the past three days, everyone's like, "Oh, Carson Palmer, he he disgraced the Patriots. He insulted Tom Brady. Leave Carson Palmer alone." I mean, the Come thing on. is, Carson Palmer doesn't even have to be on the field the same time as Tom he Brady would care. have. It doesn't affect him at all, except he might get the ball more because the defense is going to eat up Jimmy Garoppolo. Here, I have Carson Palmer's answer for all the Patriots nation because they're dumb. Ready? I'm 36 years old. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't care about your quarterback. We're playing you on Sunday. Go away. That's it. That's that's his entire comments in like two sentences. So pe- chill, people. Carson Palmer is not out to get the Patriots. It, we even Belichick even went out and came out and said today he was like, "Yeah, like I respect him. He's a good person, a great quarterback. I don't care." Like. People need people need to calm down whenever the word deflategate is used. Just because someone was asked about it and didn't go, I support Tom Brady. Yeah, that Hashtag doesn't mean free Brady. Yeah, it's like that doesn't mean they want him to like suffer and wither away from the NFL. Relax. But Not anyway. everyone's as bad as Roger Goodell. Exactly. So back to Palmer. Palmer is a guy. I mean, I I am very impressed at the career rejuven rejuvenal whatever the word is rejuvenation. Thank you, rejuvenation of. Uh, Carson Palmer. I'm very impressed. I'm always a, I was always a big Carson Palmer fan when he, when he was on the Bengals, basically because he would always kick the crap out of the out of the uh, out of the Ravens, but always get his butt kicked by the Steelers on the playoffs. But I mean, you know, Palmer coming over from Oakland. I didn't really think much of the tricks. Remember, they had Kevin Cobb at the time. Remember Kevin Cobb? <laughs> oh, so, Kevin Cobb. R.I.P. Kevin Cobb. But no, Carson Palmer. You know, has really brought this entire team together. It's really nice to see a team leader really come in and change around an entire dynamic. Because as good as Larry Fitzgerald is, you know, we always had those years of like, oh my God, what if Larry Fitzgerald had a good quarterback? This and that. He finally has a good quarterback. Turn the entire offense into one of the best units in the NFL. So definitely worth, you know, they're they're worth their weight in gold. They're a very good offense. Absolutely. Before Carson Palmer went to the Cardinals, the last quarterback that actually led the Cardinals anywhere was Kurt Warner before yeah. he retired. So it's going to be. Not, it's also interesting to see David Johnson, a guy come from Absolutely. where was he from? Eastern Carolina, something. So, or maybe Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa, or something. Just you know, come out of nowhere. I, I'll say this though. So right now, people are saying that like David Johnson's like the third or fourth best running back in the NFL. I want people to pump the brakes on David Johnson a little bit. Because we see a lot of running backs, they'll come in, they know how to catch a ball really well, and they'll throw up a couple big-time plays for like eight games, eight games, excuse me, but then they get stretched out over an entire 16-game season. 
where they're constantly getting hit. They're not as fresh anymore. They're dealing with injuries. They're getting nicked up a little bit. And David Johnson didn't really have that because he like didn't play the first like six or seven games of the season. Exactly. So now David Johnson is coming off, you know, going into his first full starter. It's unfortunate that the Patriots have to play in Week One because he's going to wreck the Patriots. Absolutely. But at the same time. Let's pump the brakes on him being one of the best running backs in the NFL. Let's wait and see what happens. First. I mean, because every you have to remember, everyone thought that uh, about Doug Martin the second year of him in the league took him after- took him three years to recover exactly. from that horrible season. Exactly. So he- we'll see. We'll see with David Johnson. But anyway, so we have our Arizona Cardinals offense. Let's look at the Pats defense. So one of the things I'm so I, I'll update you on this. So one of the things that I've been going over with uh, our, listen- our listeners during preseason is the fact that. Um, the Patriots are installing a new defense this year, uh, a defense that I don't think the NFL has really come to grips with yet or has really seen at a full-time professional level. So what they're now doing this year, as I'll explain every single week, they are now rolling out a, a 5-2 defense where you have three down linemen and four linebacker blitzer combo people, which is why Mingo's so perfect. So you'll have Malcolm Brown and like Alan Branch or Anthony Johnson with their hand on the ground. You'll have Rob Ninkovich, Trey Flowers, Chris Long, Donta Hightower, Jamie Collins all standing up, either faking, blitzing, or heading into coverage and just kind of cycling out so you never really know who's coming when. So the, the Cardinals are their first victims of this because we don't really know how it's going to work against a actual first team football team. It worked like a charm against the Panthers in the preseason game. Huh. Cam Newton couldn't do anything. Nothing. He was skying balls a little pace. He threw two picks. They had no idea what was going on. It was really impressive to watch. But I think that you're going to see a Patriots defense very much come out and surprise in Arizona Cardinals offense, who I think is expecting to just come in and roll right over them. I think the Cardinals are going to come into this game thinking, okay, no Tom Brady, we're just going to roll over this team. This defense is a lot of guys who aren't, besides Jamie Collins, none of these guys are superstars. Like, McCourty is a, in in, in NFL circles, is an elite safety, but, you know, he's not a big name in the NFL. The only time he was a pro bowler was his rookie year as a cornerback. Yeah, you know, Donta Hightower is one of the best linebackers in the NFL, but he's not a well-known name around NFL couches. Malcolm Butler's only known because of his pick of, in the Super Bowl. Of that Bowl. one pick in the Super Bowl. You know, he's, he's a good corner, but again, he's no superstar. Malcolm Brown was one of the best defensive rookies in the NFL last season. No one knows no one knows who Malcolm Brown is. Chris Long hasn't been relevant in five years. No one knows who Trey Flowers is. Jabal Sheard was good last year, so people kind of know who he is. So this defense is a lot of guys who you've never really heard of who are all extremely talented. So we're gonna we're gonna see this Patriots defense take on an Arizona Cardinals offense, both of which who have a lot of talent, both of which who have a lot of guys who are very unheard of in Arizona. To be totally honest, I'm gonna call this a split. I think you're going to see an Arizona Cardinals offense both do a good amount of damage against this Patriots offense, or against Patriots defense, excuse me, but also a defense that's going to force a lot of turnovers. This, this defense is going to rank in the top five or top ten in forced turnovers this year, as they usually do. Yeah, even when the Patriots had a bottom ten defense those years, they were making the Super Bowl and making deep playoff runs because Bill Belichick always enforces 
Force turnovers. That's how you win right. games. You win the turnover margin, you win the game. Yeah, and I think if you go back and actually check some NFL statistics, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a ton of stats that just backed that up. If you looked at like the point or the turnover differential versus Super Bowl teams versus not Super Bowl teams, you'll probably find some sort of key in there. You also have to remember that this team was pretty quietly a top ten defense last it year. It was even with Chandler. I mean, we'll, and, we'll get and to there's Chandler not Jones. that many changes. The only big one is Chandler Jones. Yeah. and I. I d- I love Chandler Jones. As a man who used to have a Chandler Jones jersey, I say used to because I can't wear it anymore. He's not on the team. So Chandler Jones is a guy who, for the first like four or five games of the year, looked like one of the best defensive ends in football every single season, always. Then like week six, week seven, week eight would come along. All right, he's starting to slow down. Uh Uh-oh, picked up an ankle injury in week nine. Uh oh, and then weeks ten to sixteen, he gets like two sacks. That's it. He'll have like he'll have like eight sacks the first like five games of the year, and then like two the rest. It's really aggravating, and I'm thinking that the same thing is going to happen for Arizona. I don't like. I think he's a good player. He's just not very consistent. So, Absolutely. What the Patriots are bringing to the defensive end core this year with Rob Ninkovich, Jabal Sheard, and Trey Flowers, in my opinion, is just a buttload of consistency, which they never really had over the past couple of years. So they'll have good consistent pass rush, they'll have decent coverage linebackers, and they'll have, they'll have good... They, they one of the best cornerback groups in the league. This is great. It's awesome. But unfortunately, although all the positives that I am throwing at the Patriots this week, I do unfortunately think it's all going to be for naught. I I'll, my score prediction right now. I was thinking thirty-one to thirteen this entire week, but I don't think that gives this Patriots team enough credit on the offensive side of the ball. So instead, I'm gonna go thirty-one to seventeen instead of thirty-one to thirteen because I think they'll be able to get two touchdowns and a field goal. I think that's pretty fair against the Cardinals defense. Garoppolo comes in. I'd say he throws one touchdown, two picks. 250 yards. I think LeGarrette Blunt has a touchdown. Only goes for like 50 or 60 yards on like, you know, 22 rushes or whatever they usually give LeGarrette Blunt. Unfortunately, this will not be a good example for what we can build off and see for the Pats the rest of the year, which is kind of aggravating because I want to see this team play and play well. But we're just not going to be able to do that against a Super Bowl contender the week after they face Houston? No, are they Miami? See, the Houston or Miami? I think Houston's week three. Houston's week three? They face Miami. Miami's next week. So Miami's next week. So Miami will be a much better gauge for how they can take down or how they're going to take down football teams this year. But unfortunately, it will all be for not. 31 to 17, says Harris Rubenstein against the Cardinals. Tom? I don't know. I was thinking, at first, I was thinking something like 35 to 15, thinking. Uh It was mostly because I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to run this offense just yet. I haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. However, I think that the Patriots' defense will save a field goal, so I'm going 32-15. to 32-15. to How do you get 32? I don't know. There's multiple ways. A lot of field goals. All right, that's fair. So you you think they keep him out of the end zone? Yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Like, you know, you can't really blame them. 
first starting off the new season with Eric, with the Cardinals versus the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Like, it should have been a great game. And let me make this, like, again, let me make this very clear. Not even as a Patriots fan am I disappointed. Obviously, I am. I'm just disappointed as a football fan because as I've started to cover more sports, I've started to realize that sports are just much more fun to root for as, like, just awesome events. Like, whenever I watch soccer, I just hope that there's just a maximum amount of chaos because chaos is fun. But as a football fan, I'm sad that we don't get to see Tom Brady play against the Arizona Cardinals this week. We would get to, we would probably, this is probably as close to a Super Bowl preview as you're going to get this season. I mean, they always say you got to be the best to beat the best, but they're not facing the best yeah. Patriots team that there is. So, like last this year, year, like last year, the Patriots Packers game in Lamb, or no, was that? Was that last year? No, two years ago, the 2014 season was the Patriots-Packers game where uh, Jordy Nelson scored that touchdown at the end of the first half against the Rel Revis. That entire football game was amazing. It was absolutely. A, uh, it was one of the best games of the season. The Pats lost, but that's okay because it was a great game. I will. And take, they won the Super Bowl. And they won the Super Bowl year. anyway. But that was like a great game because that was a Super Bowl preview. So, all in all, very disappointed. <coughs> excuse me, in the NFL for not allowing us to see. Tom Brady against his Arizona Cardinals defense, but unfortunately, we'll uh, we'll have to see how the uh, how the Patriots can play this out. But now that Tom and I are done rambling about our own opinions, we are going to bring on Kevin Duffy of MassLive.com. Do not forget that this guest segment is brought to you by Blue Apron. Uh, get fun to cook meals for and with your family and friends by ordering healthy and delicious ingredients from Blue Apron that's delivered straight to your doorstep. Get meals for under $10 with the freshest and in-season ingredients. As a loyal supporter of CLNS Radio, we are offering your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. That's blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. So without further ado, Kevin Duffy. Let's get right into it. Obviously, huge game for the Pats this weekend. Go up against the Cardinals. I mean... It's going to be a tough win no matter what without Tom Brady. We should probably all be pretty pissed for Goodell for not allowing us to uh, really enjoy the matchup. But uh, what are some of the, some of the matchups player-wise that you see that could give the Patriots fits on offense? Um, I think that they're going to play a lot of two tight end sets, obviously. Bruce Arians on his conference call yesterday with us predicted that they'd probably see Gronk and Martellus Bennett on the field in, for about 70% of snaps. So I think that they're going to do a lot of that. And, you know, you can move those guys around. Like they're both big, strong, in-line tight ends, but they can also flex out wide and present a mismatch just because of what their size is out in space uh, near the boundary. So I think that's really what the Patriots are going to try to do. Um, for Arizona, I mean, it's going to be getting after Garoppolo, rattling Garoppolo, uh, Garoppolo, because played plenty of preseason games, but he hasn't really seen many blitzes. He hasn't seen uh, exotic looks on defense. He's pretty much just seen, you know, straight four-man rushes with, um, you know, very bland uh, defense. So I think the game ultimately is probably going to come down to that, how he handles that, and if he can get the ball in the hands of Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett. Now, one of the things we've seen today, uh, just been following on Twitter, Rob Gronkowski was talking about his hamstring injury and that it was uh, possibly serious enough to, uh, as Mike Reese said, to cast doubt over his status this weekend. What have you seen from that? Do you think there's a chance he actually misses the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think you've got to consider the chance just listening to the way Gronk talked today about it. And, um, you know, he's missed, he's missed a good amount of practice dating back to August 15th. 
uh, when he tweaked that hamstring against the Bears in joint practice. Uh, even though he's been out on the field, he's been listed as a limited participant. Uh, we in the media don't get to see the full practice anymore, um, so we don't know exactly how limited he is. But when Gronk's saying that and when he's, he's admitting that, it's kind of unpatriot-like to admit what the injury is and when it occurred. And Gronk is pretty honest and upfront about that, and he couldn't guarantee he would play, uh, didn't say he was 100%. So I think it's definitely a possibility, especially because if that's the thing that, with with a hamstring, like I don't know if you want to go into week one and have him, you know, limping through the first month of the season. That's not exactly the start the Patriots want to get off to. Mm-hmm. So they really might play it super cautious with him and sit him this week. It wouldn't shock me if they do. So with no Gronk on the field, possibly, and obviously the return of Tyron Matthew is a big part of that. One of the one of the things I've noticed about the Cardinals defense is that the middle of the field with their linebackers. It's not strong, and without Gronkowski, they wouldn't be able to really attack the middle of the field. Do you think Bennett would be able to step up in a big enough way to maybe uh, lead the Patriots to a victory, or do you think that the loss of Gronk it would just be too much to overcome? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Martellus Bennett, is, he's not Gronkowski, but he's really good. He's probably one of the six, seven best tight ends in the league, and, and I think he, he can do some of the same things Gronkowski does. Now, whether that translates into them winning the game is something that remains to be seen just because, I, I mean, I, I just feel it's a very, this is a tough matchup. It's not easy to go into Arizona in prime time and win in week one. Even if they had Tom Brady, I still think the Cardinals would be favored in this game. So if there's no Gronk, obviously that's a, another major hit. And I'm not saying it's impossible for the Pats to win, but I think you have to be realistic about what the matchup is and, where it is and just how difficult it is to win on the road in these Sunday night and Monday night games, particularly when you're playing a team that won like 12 games a year ago. Like this is, it's going to be tough for them to come out of there with a win. One of the uh, biggest, I guess, talking points of this entire offseason has been the Patriots' running game. They're, you know, the possible lack of talent in the backfield with Blunt just being the uh, lead starter. But DJ Foster making the roster could be a nice addition of, expl- of ex- explosivity. Excuse me. But against a Cardinals defense that was one of the best against the run last year, is it gonna? Are we gonna be able to see anything new from this Patriots run game, or is it we're gonna have to wait till next week against Miami? Well, I think that they're gonna have to try to run it a good amount. I don't know if the strategy that they want is having Garoppolo throw forty-five times in mm-hmm. his first game. Um, I don't think that that's ideal for the Patriots. I think that if they can establish some kind of run game. Um, it's going to work in their favor. You got to, for many reasons, you keep the, you keep it manageable for Garoppolo and you keep that explosive Cardinals offense on the sideline as long as possible. So they're going to try, but the Patriots, I don't know if they're going to be successful doing it. Garrett Blunt, um, really got off to a slow start in the preseason, I thought, but he did look pretty good in the last, last couple of games. Um, when you're talking about James White and DJ Foster, those are guys who really are, are making their impact in the passing game. I don't really view either as someone who can carry the ball eight, ten times in a game and and do and, and be effective between the tackles. So it's, a lot's going to be on Blunt's shoulders. And I think if you if you look really uh, not not at this week one game against Arizona, but going forward, maybe throughout the first month or two of the regular season, I think eventually you're going to see Bishop Sankey get promoted from the practice squad because they just don't have enough 
there at running back. I think he's a talented guy. He was a second-round pick two years ago, uh, three years ago, excuse me. So uh, that could be the solution at, at some point, but it um, doesn't look like that will happen in week one. Right. So moving on to the defensive side of the ball, because I think this is the, the place where the Patriots are going to have to take advantage of is forcing turnovers against this offense. Just from the initial uh, on paper, Pat's defense versus Cardinals offense, what are some of the key matchups you see that could push it in uh, the Patriots' favor? Um, it's tough. Cardinals got a great offense, especially at home. They, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure what their home road splits were, but that's a team that scored in the high 30s and, and the, in the 40s many times a year ago at home. They really get vertical with their passing game. They put a lot of stress on you vertically. Um, I think that the, the matchups uh, are going to be, I mean, it's to oversimplify maybe a little bit, just getting to Carson Palmer. Um, you saw Carolina last year in the NFC title game really disrupt what the Cardinals were trying to do. And if you watch any Cardinals in the preseason, Carson Palmer's actually struggled to get him out. He's, I think he's thrown three picks in the preseason. So there, there's the thought there that, you know, Carson Palmer's at 35, 36. Like, maybe this is kind of a year where he might really start to slow down, mm-hmm. like, considerably. I mean, last year was one of the best years of his career, and usually you don't see it happen like that, but, you know, it happened with someone like Peyton Manning. So I think if the Patriots can um, get after him, and, and they certainly have the bodies and the edge rushers to do that, and when they, uh, they have the guys who just can – multiple things and they'll bring Jamie Collins they'll bring Dante Hightower um, then you know maybe on the next third down they'll drop them into coverage they really have uh, guys who can do all of those things if they can get to Carson Palmer and force a few turnovers that's going to at least give themselves a chance uh, to stay competitive in the game with Garoppolo quarterback yeah one thing that's been fun to watch this preseason for the Pats is them try to really experiment with what's almost seemed to be a, a 5-2 defense and we saw against their uh, preseason game against Carolina, they were giving Cam Newton absolute fits with the with the different blitzing and people dropping off into coverage and not knowing where anyone was going to be at any random time. Do you think they break that out against Arizona? Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right about what they did against Carolina. That was a weird, it was a weird game against Carolina. I really feel like Cam Newton wasn't like trying very hard as, yeah, right. as dumb as that sounds. Like he he was he was kind of just like chucking the ball downfield and. He was throwing off his back. It was just—it looked like he was not very polished. Like he would not have played that way had it been a regular season game. Um, that point aside, though, I, I think that yeah, the, the key for them is going to be getting after, getting after Palmer and doing it in in ways that confuse him. Dante Hightower, we saw in the preseason and and sometimes during the regular season last year, when he bumps down to the edge, that guy is a freaking force of nature against any <laughs> offensive tackle. Like he those she can just take a tackle and just drive them backward, collapse the pocket. Um, and they have a lot of guys. Like you, have, you have Mingo, who just can come off the edge and, and isn't powerful, but he's so, so fast. And we can, you've seen him get to the quarterback in his limited preseason action. If Collins um, can, can blitz in the A-gap and, and get there quickly. So there's different ways they can do it. Uh, and I, I certainly think that they're going to try to come out after Palmer um, and, and rattle him early. Now, with this whole Eric Rowe situation, it, it was so weird because we just had this whole thing with Brian Stork like two or three weeks ago, and here we are again. But you know, moving past the 
whatever transaction craziness the Patriots want to bring on upon themselves. Uh, Eric Rowe really brings a a side to the secondary that they don't have, and that's size. You know, the only guy they have that's yeah. over six foot on the secondary, I believe, is Jonathan Jones, who's an undrafted free agent who you don't really want. Oh, he's, he, he, yeah. yeah, he's he, way under six feet. He's oh, like 5'9". He oh, small. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought yeah. LeBlanc was the small one, but either way. Le, Le, LeBlanc was the tallest. Oh, okay. uh, Jones was the smallest, but yeah. So Anyway, your point stands. They don't have any size there besides right. uh, Rowe. So do you think they picked up Rowe because they look at they look across the field and, uh-oh, here, here comes 6'4", Michael Floyd, here comes 6'5", Brandon Marshall, and 6'3", Eric Decker, and they're standing over here with, like, 5'11", Malcolm Butler. It was, was Eric Rowe to try to, I guess, lessen the, the size differential on that secondary? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think it was a long-term view as an acquisition. I mean, I don't think that they looked at it as in like, oh, we need him to cover Michael Floyd in week one because I don't know how much he's actually going to play against Arizona. But I, I think that they're looking at their secondary, what they have at corner. They don't have size, and they also have a f- impending free agent in Logan Ryan. Um, and it is not in Bill Belichick's history to re-sign defensive backs he's drafted. Uh, from 2000, when he took over here, to 2012, he's drafted 23 I believe it is 23 or 24 uh, defensive backs. And only three of those guys have earned a, a second contract after their rookie contract expired. Uh, Devin McCourty, Nate Ebner, who doesn't even really count because he's a special teamer, and James Sanders. Um, Pat Sean obviously came back after he left, so he also kind of counts. But it wasn't his, his uh, deal wasn't exactly after his rookie contract expired. Uh, point being, Logan Ryan's probably going to leave their they, they probably they need someone eventually to fill those shoes. I think they liked Eric Rowe coming out of the 2015 draft because of his measurables. You're not going to find someone who did what he did at the combine. I mean, he, he really he tore it up. Like this guy's Bill Belichick said today. Like athletically, he's got a lot a lot of tools. Um, he's a young player. I think the Patriots are excited to work with him. And you know, they gave up what could be a third round pick for him. To me, it says that they they view him as a guy who. Maybe down the line can be a starter opposite Malcolm Butler. What do you think of the fact that all the if one consistent theme that we've seen with the guys the Patriots have picked up, especially this offseason, all of these guys have been just outstanding athletes. I mean, Malcolm Mitchell put up crazy numbers at the Combine. Barkevius Mingo is one of the best Combine athletes we've ever seen. Eric Rose, a nuts athlete. Even Shane McClellan is a guy that put up pretty decent numbers in the Combine. Is this all just part of, of a new philosophy on defense they're trying, or is this a trend around the NFL? I, I think that it's, I mean, that's the direction you want to go when you have, when you're, especially when you're getting a young player that you feel you can mold. I mean, you can't teach the things that Eric Earl has. You can't teach a four five, uh, four four five forty. Uh, you can't teach a thirty nine inch vert with nineteen bench reps at his size, which is excellent. Um, I think he was six point seven zero cone three cone drill, which for someone six one is is fantastic. So those are the the foundation traits of any football player. And then after that, it's it's a matter of of work. It's a matter of will, want to, and it's a matter of um, coaching. If you, if you, if a player can take coaching, and if, and if the coaching is effective. So I think the Patriots bring in guys like that, like Jamie Collins coming out of college. Probably wasn't the most um, polished player. It was probably a lot of things. You know, he didn't. I don't think he played a ton as a rookie, um, if I'm not mistaken. I wasn't on the beat back then, but I think he, he was. Uh, 
he was a backup and he's obviously emerged to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So I think that, you know, there's, there's a high, these high ceiling guys. I mean, it's, it's worth the, what the Patriots, they basically are buying low. Someone like Mingo, who traded a fifth round pick for Mingo. I mean, the ceiling on him far exceeds what a normal fifth round pick would be. Uh, maybe they feel the same way about Eric Rowe. Even if you go to third, I mean, if, if this guy's six one athletic starting corner, then you just made out pretty nice with that deal. So I think that that's really the philosophy that the Patriots are using here. Mm-hmm. So last question before we let you go here. First game of the season, no Jimmy Garoppolo. Chandler Jones returns against the Patriots. Or excuse me, no Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a start. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be a crazy game. I, I got to hear, what is your <laughs> final prediction for Sunday? Uh, I mean, I want to pick the patch just because everyone's picking the Cardinals, but I can't. Um, I, I, ever since the schedule came out and even before I knew Brady was suspended, I looked at that and I was just like, so that's just, it's a very, it's a tough place to win. Um, I don't know what the stats are on, on winning uh, road primetime games, but it's it's hard enough to win on the road as it is, and then you combine that with trying to win on a night game. And then it, I know in theory it shouldn't matter whether you're playing it in day or at night, but it's just there's something about playing at home at night that teams don't they they really don't lose often in those situations, especially good teams like Arizona. I don't think the Pats are going to win the game. Um, they can't keep it close. I think Arizona has struggled offensively a little bit in the preseason, so we could see some of that carryover. So it might not be as, as clean a game. Like, everyone expects this to be, like, a, an absolute shootout because you have two offenses that averaged, like, 30 points a game last year. Uh, I will say it won't be a shootout. I will go 24 to 17 Cardinals. Cool. Because I, I, I gave them a 31-17 just because I think they'll get, like, one okay. crappy late touchdown at the end. Cause, yeah, you know, yeah I could see that happening, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks yeah. so much for joining yeah. us this week, Kevin. You're a great friend of the show. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Harris. Have a good one. Thanks again to Kevin Duffy for coming on, as well as my good friend Tom Little, so you guys don't have to just listen to me drone on for an entire hour. Uh, again, please go find our listener leagues. Uh, it's fanduel.com slash Patriots. It's a $5 entry free. Final entry fee, excuse me. Nothing too crazy. You get to come on and kick all of our butts. Uh, I'm in it. All the Patriots be guys are. I'm going to get Tom in it too. So please go join. We'll have a lot of fun. You can take all of our money. Uh, thanks to all the uh, Patriots guys. We have a big season coming up uh, for us. 2016-2017 season is going to be a big season for the Patriots and for CLNS Radio. If you want to keep track of it, go find us on uh, Twitter at CLNS Radio. Go to CLNSRadio.com. Download our app on iTunes, the CLNS Radio mobile app. We we are also sponsored by Blue Apron, so please go check out blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat to receive three free meals with free shipping on your first Blue Apron purchase. Also, please, please go listen to the Pats postgame show with Marvin and Mike after the game on Sunday night. They're going to give you all the analysis you will need from the past game. So, as of everything, thank you to Larry. Thank you to Nick. This is Harris Rubenstein on the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Radio. See you guys next week.